Welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Karen and Louisa. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl, and she works in a library, yeah. No my hi there, my Kelda. Welcome to Books and Beyond. This is your host, Alison, and on today's show, I'm going to be talking about literary cats. So don't press pause. Haha, <laughs> you'll want to listen to this one. Now, um, just uh, before we start, a reminder that the books mentioned today will feature on the Auckland Library's blog, and that can be accessed via the Auckland Library's website, um, aucklandlibraries.govt.nz, or through the Planet FM website, planetaudio.org.nz. Now, I wanted to start with some absolute shock and horror. Last week, the news cycle lit up with a story about an alleged catnapping in Sydney. A celebrity cat, um, now these are called celebrity kitties, I think. Uh, So the celebrity cat named Abercrombie Charlie was thought to have been abducted. He was last seen getting into an Uber with a man and a woman in the inner city Sydney suburb of Redfern. This was terrible. But now, you will be relieved to know, I'm sure, that he has since been found safe and well. Thank goodness for that. And um, no doubt the true story of what really happened to Abercrombie Charlie will be revealed in time. But he was found largely with the help of his Instagram followers who managed to crowdsource a search and rescue operation. So I'm predicting that someone will write a book about Abercrombie Charlie's brush with the criminal underworld and that this book will join the many thousands of literary works about cats. So this whole story uh, got me thinking about the internet's obsession with cats. Well, We know, of course, that the internet was invented for cats. And there's a song called The Internet is Made of Cats. And that's been around, oh, forever, since about 2011, I think. And everyone loves a good cat meme, don't they? Um, Particularly a grumpy cat meme. And then, of course, there's the old stereotype about librarians and cats. And, um, okay, yep, I accept that. I must admit, I am owned by a couple of cats. And um, today, actually, I'm wearing double denim and a a cat T-shirt. So how's that for being a true librarian? And also, did you know that cat-related content on the internet now accounts for more than 27% of all data traffic. It's absolutely astounding. And um, online cat collector games like Niko Atsumi are hugely popular. And of course, the rise of the cat cafe has made cats into absolute hipsters. But um, all of this cat obsession, it's not really a modern phenomenon at all. Uh, cats have always featured heavily in literature. And uh, modern cat characters who are loved by kids and adults alike include Hello Kitty and Doramon. Now, I love Doramon. He's a blue time-travelling robot cat with a four-dimensional pocket. And, um, look, I just wish my pockets were four-dimensional, I tell you. So I wonder what it is about cats that 
um, makes them so alluring to the writer and the reader. There is definitely something mysterious about our feline friends, the way they're always holding something back, something in reserve. They are all-knowing, but they don't reveal much. And if you compare that to dogs, uh, dogs just give you everything. Um, now, getting on to books, so one of the most requested uh, literary cat books at the moment in libraries is called The Travelling Cat Chronicles, and it's by a writer called Hiro Arikawa. Uh, and it was released in English uh, a couple of years ago, but she had published it in Japan um, in 2015. So cats hold a, a really important place in uh, Japanese culture and literature, and they often appear as good luck charms. They're thought to bring blessings to anyone who treats them well or honours them in some way. So this book, The, the Travelling Cat Chronicles, is a very sweet and touching story about friendship and loyalty and it asks the age-old questions what would you do to help a person or animal that you love so the novel is is narrated by a stray cat who gets run over by a car and then allows himself to get taken in by a young man while he convalesces and the man's name is Satoru, and he names the cat Nana, uh, which means seven in Japanese. And um, he names him Nana because uh, the broken tail of the cat never heals properly, and it looks like the number seven. Now, the young man, uh, Satoru, is quite a sad character. He is he's quite lonely and isolated, but he's also a decent and kind man, and um, he and Nana go on a road trip. I'm not going to go into the reasons why they take this trip because that will just spoil the story for you. But um, it's a, an extremely moving and poignant story. The author, Hiro Arikawa, describes the experience of loneliness in such a, an eloquent way. And also uh, she describes that really basic need that humans have for companionship. And cats too. Cats need companionship, despite what some w would have you believe. So this is, is quite a beautiful tale. Um, and in the book, the author makes uh, a number of references to the famous book called I Am Cat by Sosiki Natsume. And this was written in uh, 1905. And I just wanted to make mention of this book because it was the first what they call modern Japanese literary work about cats. And when I say modern, I mean it as opposed to postmodern, uh, which would describe the current literature. Now, we hold uh, this book, I Am Cat, I Am a Cat, sorry, um, in, as one of our basement treasures. So if you're interested, uh, ask about that and we can get it for you. It was um, very highly regarded as a political satire at the time of writing. So I really just wanted to mention that in, in passing. Now, uh, continuing on with the, the Japanese literary cat genre, my next book is called The Guest Cat by Takashi Hiraide. And it's an absolutely beautiful and graceful book. It's 
poetic and philosophical. It's about love and loss and hope and finding beauty in the simplest of things. So it follows a a couple who are in their 30s who live in a small house in Tokyo and they both work at home as freelance writers. And they've got to the stage in their relationship where they... They love each other, but they no longer have very much to say to one another. Um, but one day, a cat invites itself into their small kitchen. The cat leaves, but the next day comes back again, and then leaves and comes back. And this this goes on over and over. And soon they find that they're buying tra- uh, treats for the cat and enjoying talks about the animal and all of its little ways. And life suddenly seems to have more promise for the husband and wife. The days appear suddenly to have more light and colour. The novel really brims with small small joys and and many moments of staggering poetic beauty until um, something goes terribly wrong. And um, once again, I I won't tell you what happens because I don't want to have to give you a a spoiler alert on this one. But there are so many beautiful descriptions of the seasons, the way the various flowers change colours and and redecorate the gardens each season. And seasons and gardens become a, a metaphor for lives lived and lost. And reading the narrative, it really feels as though you're reading poetry. It's quite a pure feeling as a, as a reader. Very poignant and, and very touching. I really recommend this book for, for a glimpse into modern Japanese life. And, and it's got a touch of cat thrown in as well. So the author, Takashi Hiraide, is a poet. And he lives in the suburbs of Tokyo with his wife, who is also a, a poet, and she's uh, Michio Kawano, and they have a cat. So, go figure. But that that's a beautiful book. Now, I want to move um, from Japan to the USA, and I'm going to talk about a famous memoir by the writer Marge Piercy, and it's called Sleeping with Cats. Now, she published this in 2002, so it's been around for a while. Now, um, Marge Piercy is a highly praised poet as well as a novelist, um, and her poetry really comes through in her writing. Uh, She's now well into her 80s, and she lives in the state of Massachusetts. So she was born in in the 1930s in a in a tough Detroit neighborhood, um, and she fought grueling battles in her youth, which involved difficult relationships with her parents, being part of a street gang, a teenage pregnancy, and much more. Marge PC notes that her memoir's focus is her emotional life, but that um, I think that kind of understates the book's rich uh, picture of her literary and and political life. Um, She was quite an activist, actually. Um, She wrote uh, 15 novels, um, about 15 books of poetry, I think. She had three marriages, um, lived in a commune, spent time in Chicago, 
San Francisco, Brooklyn, Paris. And she was really engaged in the political movements of, of the 1960s through to the 1980s. And so she weaves all of these events um, into sort of charming stories of the many cats that she's befriended during her life. She's, yeah, she writes about her rough beginnings in the same way that she describes herself now as the cat lady of her little tiny Cape Cod town um, in the northeast of, of the United States. And she writes something, I loved this quote, she says, Remembering is like one of those old-fashioned black and white tile floors. Wherever I stand or sit, the tiles converge upon me. So our pasts always seem to lead us directly to our present choices. We turn and make a pattern of the chaos of our lives so that we belong exactly where we are. I thought that was a beautiful quote. So this story, Sleeping with Cats, it's a very, very intimate, unforgettable story of a, of a remarkable woman and her cats. And I read this book oh, a number of years ago, but I found that I've never forgotten it. Um, I can't help noticing that so many of these, these beautiful literary works that include cats are written by poets. So there's a real connection there. Um, and now for something completely different, um, I'm going to go to um, Cat Out of Hell by Lynn Truss. Now, um, Lynn Truss is the author of that fabulous book called Eats, Shoots and Leaves. Um, and she's known by some as the English grammar lady of writing. She mainly writes humour and, and she's a very, very good writer. Uh, she's British. Um, but this this book, um, I was expecting it to be just a, what, another one of her humorous tales. But um, this is more of a horror um, I was going to say horror movie, but um, it's a horror book. So, cats, librarians, and horror. Um, I guess what's not to like about that? Um, now, in this, the main uh, character is a talking cat named Roger. Um, he is immortal, but he's some. He's become somewhat enslaved by an evil sort of devil-like creature called the Cat Master. Um, and as well as having the ability to talk, Roger is sarcastic and well-read, um, which is only um, fitting in a book by um, the author of Eats, Shoots and Leaves. And Roger is a stickler for good grammar. He insists on it. So Roger the Cat has a story to tell, um, and he tells it in a, a seaside cottage on a dark and windy night as you do in a in a ghostly story like this and firstly he tells a story to a man whose sister and her dog have mysteriously vanished and then he tells a story to a widowed librarian called Alec who for some really baffling reason has recordings of people's conversations so Alec the the librarian he's like a creepy oral historian which is not like oral historians at all. Um, but I guess this one um, by Lynn Truss, I guess you'd call the, her style of writing um, magic realism. Um, and at times 
I wasn't quite sure if I was reading humour or horror. Uh, and I, I, because I never thought that satanic spells could be funny. It's a, it is a very enjoyable book, but I did find it quite eerie. Um, it's certainly not what I expected. But it was a fun read, and um, she, the writer certainly has quite a flair for the macabre. Um, I found that um, I could imagine Roger the cat in a, a James Bond movie, but he'd definitely be a really bad kitty. So that, that was quite a fun, a fun read. Now, what I wanted to move to now um, from the sort of really literary works about cats... Um, there's a, a whole bunch of cat books that are more of a sort of narrative, non-fiction style. Um, and the next couple of books that I'll, I'll talk about, um, they tell the story about a cat and the influence that the cat has on, on their humans. So this one is a New Zealand memoir and it's by Helen Brown and it's called Cleo, the Cat Who Mended a Family. Um, now, and this is the first in in the series. She she wrote a couple of sequels to this. So um, the story starts after an absolutely unbearable tragedy in the author's life. Um, her nine year old son is looking forward to getting a, a kitten for his tenth birthday, but he dies tragically before this can happen. It's it's just awful. But Cleo, the kitten, arrives just after the little boy's funeral and uh, the book attracts the author's understandable emotional turmoil as she navigates this unimaginable grief. And Cleo, the cat, weaves and charms her way into the family and she really helps them heal. It's, um, you know, it's a very heartfelt story of love and loss and recovery and it's a description of the restorative powers that animals have, the way they love unconditionally and are a constant patient presence in our lives. Now, the, the book has had somewhat mixed reviews, but I couldn't help feeling that some of the reviewers were kind of slightly unkind um, about the book um, this family needed the cat and um, she encouraged them and helped them to heal and that's okay in my book I guess um, a book can still be worthy even if it doesn't have a huge literary merit in the eyes of the reviewers so I, I enjoyed that one Cleo, the cat who mended a family and then um, uh, my next um, narrative non-fiction, I'm kind of laughing because, look, I couldn't talk about cats, books and libraries without mentioning this book. Um, it's called Dewey, The Small Town Library Cat Who Touched the World. And it's by Vicky Myron. Look, I, I have to admit, I love this book. Um, it asks a whole lot of questions. Um, how much of an impact can an animal have? How many lives can one cat touch? How is it possible for an abandoned kitten to transform a small library and save a classic American town and eventually become famous around the world? So this is a, it's a charming story of Dewey, the um, loved library cat of a town called Spencer in Iowa. 
And poor old Dewey starts his story at the library in the worst possible way. Um, he's only a few weeks old and it's on the coldest night of the year and he gets put into the overnight slot, as you do, at the Spencer Public Library. And um, he's found the next working day by the, the library director, Vicky Myron, um, and she has a, a quite a backstory in this too. She's um, coming to terms with some uh, uh, deep grief and the loss of her family farm and it's just a, having had a really tough time. Um, and poor Dewey, he has um, frostbite, and um, but he... he Survive. They nurse him back to health, and he he survives, and he wins her heart and and the hearts of the staff, and he um, nudges each of them just with his thanks and his love. And for the next nineteen years, he he never stops charming the people of of the small town with his his enthusiasm and his warmth. And um, and they say that he has a, a he had a sixth sense about who needed him most. So Dewey actually became quite famous worldwide, um, particularly in Japan. And so a lot of tourists started coming to this small town in Iowa. So as well as a story about this really cool cat, it's uh, a story about the rust belt of, of Midwest America and, and the loss of industry and the, and the resulting recession. Um, I, you know, it's, my view of it is it's a bit sugary um, but it's an entertaining read. I wouldn't say that it it was earth shattering but it was a feel good book and um, my main criticism of it really is perhaps it perhaps it idealised small town American life a bit. Who knows? I don't know. So cats in libraries have always been quite a thing actually um auckland libraries have had xena and benjamin in recent years and um i'm a, a facebook and instagram friend and follower of browser the cat in america and he browser even sent me a mouse pad with his photo on it so i have that on my desk at work so um, cats uh, kind of really add to a library's sense of community. Okay, so now I want to, for our last book, I want to go to our treasure from the basement. And I've chosen a book called The Cat by Georges Simenon. And this was um, published in 1967. So Simenon was a a prolific uh, Belgian writer. Um, He was probably best known for his detective novels. This one, uh, The Cat, it it doesn't have a detective in it. Um, Now, it's a slightly creepy kind of domestic noir novel um, and it's about a man called Emile and he absolutely loathes his wife Marguerite but he loves his cat and you know you kind of wonder why the couple stay married because uh, they actually can't stand each other and they communicate by writing notes to each other on scraps of paper. they both accuse each other of trying to hurt the other's animals, um, his cat and her parrot. And the only tenderness in the novel is 
actually between Emil and his cat. Now, the cat is very observant and um, he watches the dysfunctional relationship between the two humans. Uh, and at the same time, um, Emile is watching the changing landscape of Paris in the 1960s as old buildings are being torn down and, and new developments are being built. So in reading it, you do get quite a good uh, snapshot of Paris in the 1960s. So I, I read uh, the book in, in one sitting and probably, to be honest, I think I probably prefer the writer's detective novels because they were so classic. But um, having said that, I'm really glad that I've read this book called The Cat. Um, it is definitely a classic, but um, a more of a noir classic than um, his other works. But that was a that was a good find in the basement. Okay, well, um, today we've um, travelled with cats from Australia to Japan and then to the USA, the UK, and then to France. Um, but the books I think that I've talked about today and that I've read in preparation for today are those beautiful poetic Japanese ones. Um, and they're the ones that I think will really, really stay with me. They really touched my heart. Uh, so, and we've talked about um, love and, and loss and redemption. Um, and if I could go back to um, the most beautiful quote I found in the Marge Piercy book, and it goes like this Life is the first gift, love is the second. And understanding the third, and I, you know, I just thought that was such a beautiful, beautiful quote. Um, and to think that that um, it's also about cats. Um, so that's that's about all I've got for you today. Um, just uh, remember that the books we've mentioned are listed in the show notes on our our blog, um, and you can access that through the Planet FM website. So. Um, Happy reading. Um, I hope you, you might look out for some of the many, many books about cats. Um, thanks for tuning in. And uh, just want to say now, haurera and kakite anō. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9:35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz/booksandbeyond.
tell you I'm 